2020 Good Friday service. It's a collaboration between Oak Church and the Gathering Church. And I want to invite you during this time to join with Jesus as you walk. These stations of the cross will be accompanied with art and music, with Jesus's journey as revealed in scripture, with um, reflections from Pastor Mark Acuff in a confession by Rochelle Parham and Kurt Lowndes. This is the uh, effort and the product of many hands. 
The word liturgy means the work of the people. There are many musicians involved, many readers from both congregations. But I invite you as, as you walk with Jesus in this podcast format that's portable, uh, consider maybe putting this on to walk. While we're here in quarantine, walk your neighborhood. Walk with social distance, of course, but uh, walk with headphones on and your eyes open. Walk those final steps of that final week of Jesus' life uh, before bearing the cross. And um, walk with prayer and intention as you connect with God's work in this time in which we're alone and isolated, but not ever truly alone. I invite you to walk with Jesus. From Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, 
My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty six fourteen through 16 Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What will you give me if I turn Jesus over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, he was looking for an opportunity to turn him in.
Luke 22, verses 66 through 71. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priest and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. The soldiers mocked Jesus. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him and said, Hail, King of the Jews! They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took, again, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they laid him away to crucify him. Bye.
We're living in a time unlike any that we've ever experienced before. And I can't think of a better way to be prepared for the uncertain weeks and months ahead than by being here with Jesus, remembering this day in his life, remembering what happened to him. It's difficult to speak about what happened to him. It was so horrible, it's difficult to speak at all. We're reduced to silence. Or perhaps weeping. Jesus was not just executed, he was shamed. And the shaming was so deliberate and so thorough, after Pilate pronounced his decision, released Barabbas, he handed Jesus over to his soldiers, and uh, they took him, and they gathered however many soldiers would be in this garrison, and they concocted this grotesque masquerade. Jesus had already been flogged. But they stripped him, they found some old scarlet robe put on him, someone twisted some thorns into a crown. How, how could a person even think to do that? And they put this crown on his head, then they knelt down and mocked him, hell, king of the Jews. Then they spit on him. And you think of this crowd of soldiers circling him and they put a staff in his hand and they took it and they struck him and Matthew says they struck him on the head again and again and again and again. How could God let this happen? One of the most frequent cries out for God in the Psalms is to not be put to shame, to not let your enemies triumph over you. Psalm 25, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Jesus 
his enemies triumphing over him. He was put to shame. Jesus, why did you stand there and take it? Storms obeyed you. You raised the dead. Why would you just take it? How could anybody follow a Messiah who wouldn't stand up for himself? When I was a teenager, I couldn't walk away from a fight. I never started a fight. And I was a compliant kid for the most part, and student leader, sang in the choir, played sports, all of that. But if I was ever challenged, my pride would not let me walk away. I didn't realize actually till today that I think for every school year starting in sixth grade, I had at least one fight in that year. And I don't mean grabbing someone and wrestling someone. I mean getting punched in the face and punching someone else in the face. First time it happened was in the sixth grade at church after a Sunday night service. That bully, I'd seen him hit others, now he hit me, and I hit him back. And from then on, whether I'd get beat up or not, I could not resist proving myself or standing up for myself. Isn't it impossible not to get in fights, but to not be bent on justifying ourselves? Why did Jesus do it? Why could he stand there? He stood there because he was bearing more than shame. He was bearing the sin of the world, your sin, my sin. How can we respond to that? Years ago, an 18-year-old young man complained to his father about the singing at church. He said it was too dull, it was too boring, didn't have any heart or enthusiasm in it. And his father said, well, then why don't you make some songs for yourself then? Well, that young man did. And a few years later, one of his songs was published, and we're going to sing it at the end of the service. 1707, Isaac Watts' hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, was published. And it was controversial because it was different than the usual hymns, which were based on the Psalms. It had more uh, experience in it. And we still sing that hymn today because he invites us. He compels us to come to the cross and then respond. And he gives us the perfect response. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And seeing a suffering, crucified, mocked Savior what else can we do but to once again yield our life to his care, to his purpose? 
may we give him our all. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross in the cross be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river Near the cross a trembling soul love and mercy found me
John 3, 5 through 15. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. John twelve twenty three through 26 Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me.
Mark 15, 21-22 A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They also led two other criminals to be executed with Jesus. When they arrived at the place called the school, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They drew dots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching, but the leader sneered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he really is Christ sent from God, the Chosen One. Where am I? I confess I'm not always at the cross. It's easy to be distracted and let my attention move here and there. I confess, I'm not always grateful for the death of Jesus. A person gets busy with all sorts of things. Good things, mind you, like family and church committees and responsibilities to aging parents, community projects. Doing homework, shopping, part-time work. Life gets hectic. And burdensome. I confess, I try to carry my own burdens. And work out my own salvation. I like to be in control. I wonder, do I betray Jesus with my self-sufficiency? Do I deny him with my self-centered living? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. We have been ungrateful. Our hearts have not been humble. Our spirits are not contrite. Teach us how to find your presence, God, at the cross. And as we kneel there, we confess, most merciful God, that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, Have mercy on us and forgive us. That we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I beg, may the glowing force of your Draw my mind away from things that are under heaven that I may die 
From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Of my own comfort. 
despreciado y desechado entre los hombres, varón de dolores, experimentado en quebranto, y como que escondimos de él el rostro, fue menospreciado y no lo estimamos. Ciertamente llevó a nuestras enfermedades, y sufrió nuestros dolores, y nosotros le tuvimos resultado por hierro de Dios y abatido. Más herido fue por nuestros rebelones, molido por nuestros pecados, el castigo de nuestro paz fue sobre él, y por su llaga fuimos nosotros curados. Todos nosotros nos descarriamos como ovejas. Cada cual se apartó por su camino, mas se cagó en él, aplicado de todos nosotros. Angustiado él, y aflijado, no abrió su boca, como cadero fue llevado a matadero, y como oveja delante de sus transquiladores. En judicio, no abrió su boca, por castel y por juicio fue quitado, y su generación, ¿quién la contará? Porque fue cortado de la tierra de los vivientes, y por la rebelión de mi pueblo fue herido. We despised him and rejected him, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our grief he bore, our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed and we were healed. We, every one of us, have strayed away like sheep. We, who left God's paths to follow our own, Yet God laid on him the guilt and sins of every one of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he never said a word. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he stood silent before the ones condemning him. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people of that day realized it was their sins that he was dying for, that he was suffering their punishment? Luke twenty three fifty through 56 Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment.
Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in my body, I live by faith. The very faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So as you go now, walk in that love. Walk having shared in that death. Christ being your life. Go to this holy Saturday of silence, of emptiness, but get ready to rejoice on Easter Sunday. And we'd love for you to do that with either of these worshiping congregations and their Zoom worship. You can visit oakdurham.org for more details on that or allgather.org for each congregation's worship plans. Thanks for being a part of Good Friday with Oak Church and the Gathering Church.